Hey, what's up, Redskins Addicts? It's your boy Rod, and we are live with podcast number 34, the Aaron Colvin pod, because we have been equally <laughs> as dog shit this year as his career. So I just want to uh, name the pod for Deb's favorite player for the Washington football team. Without further ado, I'm just going to roll right into the game synopsis for those who might have missed it or those who did watch it and want to be miserable for another 20 or 30 seconds. So we lost to the Detroit Lions by a score of 30 to 27. We were down 24 to 3 before garbage time was activated. Now, garbage time is a term that I really hate to use, but we're going to use it. So garbage time was activated. Alex Smith completed 38 of 55 passes for 390 yards. No interceptions, which is good because last week he threw three. He threw no touchdowns this week in his greatest professional performance in a 15-year career since being drafted number one overall in 2005. In an incredible display of parody this week, Scott Turner rushed the ball 26 times, or at least called 26 rush in place, for 89 yards and a 3.4 yards per carry average. Individually, here are the stats. Gibson, 13 for 45, two touchdowns, 3.5 yards per carry. McLaurin had one rush for 27 yards. Barber had two rushes for seven yards and 3.5 yards per carry. McKissick, he was on fire yesterday, boys and girls. Eight rushes, six yards, 0.8 yards per carry. And then Alex Smith scampered two times for four yards. Hopkins missed another field goal this game from 43 yards. He's 12 for 17 from the year for an average of 70%. Chase Young committed a roughing the pass for penalty late to push the Lions into a 59-yard field goal attempt which they made when time expired. Ron Rivera today said that Alex Smith is a starting quarterback and could be the QB of the future at 36 years old in one leg. The Washington football team officially placed quarterback Kyle Allen on injured reserve today. He finished the season with four starts, 610 yards passing, four touchdowns, and one interception. Absolutely legendary. And then rookie offensive lineman Sadiq Charles will undergo season-ending knee injury tomorrow, Tuesday. And he'll likely be added to the IR in week 15. That's the synopsis of what happened and some breaking news. Unless you guys have anything else to say, I think we probably roll right into overreaction Monday. Let's do it. All right. So my overreaction Monday, I'll go last. But I'll let Phil go first. So, Phil, what's your overreaction Monday as we start pod 34? Why Why can we not start a game the way we seem to finish it? Why is the planning, the effort, and the execution during the first 30 minutes never matching the last 30 minutes? Is it, it seems to be we always come out flat. We always come out uninspired. We always come out with no intensity. When we get down, that's when he follow up. You know, it's great when you can go distance in a heavyweight matchup, 12 rounds, but when you lose the first seven, you only get five left to win. And you can't win that fight without a knockout. And this team does not have knockout power. So I'm tired of these, you know, close to no cigar comebacks. If we come out with the same intensity and intelligence, in the first 30 minutes, we'll have to do what we have to do three out of the last four weeks. And that's had to fight like hell from behind just to make the game better. 
No, agree, man. Definitely agree. It's it's a little little disheartening to see the team consistently do that. Uh, come out flat, uh, start to find their streak, and then you know we make some strides and we just end up you know crashing the plane to end the game. Uh, Steve, how how you feeling with your overreaction Monday? What's your thoughts? My overreaction Monday is the defense is not that good. Like they get all of these praises, they get all these accolades, and where does it translate on the field? Yeah, we're supposedly number one in rushing or passing defense, but that's only because we had we played Dallas, who who did really bad that game. That really gave us the number one passing yardage, uh, passing defense for yardage um, in the NFL. So as much as this defense gets accolades and touted, it's not as good as people think. Matthew Stafford got sacked one time yesterday. I feel like he wasn't even pressured at all during that game. So my overreaction is the defense is not as good as we're led to be. And it doesn't say they're bad, but they're not a first-class, first-rate defense because how many games in a row have we seen them jump out to a – 17 point lead, you know, just saying that's my overreaction for, for, uh, for this awesome Monday. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. I think it kind of segues off of what Phil was saying as well. Um, you know, we're just, we're in a 12 round fight and we go down the first seven rounds getting punched in the mouth and then we try to win it with five rounds left. So that's something you can't do. And it's funny because uh, Ellie actually asked a question within the group as far as, you know, what do you would think about Jack Del Rio and, uh, you know, the defense. And I said, Hey, I'd, I'm not a fan of it thus far. So, uh, Ellie, how how you feeling, man? How how do you feel this overreaction Monday? I finally see the genius of Scott Turner. I mean, he <laughs> set he set this jet sweep up for nine weeks, eight weeks. He set it up. Play fakes, no jet sweep. Eight weeks in a row. Week nine, jet sweep in the red zone, minus ten yards. It's, it's all good. Now oh, it all makes man. sense to me. It all oh. makes sense. In all seriousness, though, <laughs> it's not just that J.D. McKissick gets nearly as many carries as Gibson. It's that he gets nearly more tar- – no, he does get more targets than Terry McLaurin. You know, if, if it was just one, you know, more than Gibson or more than McLaurin, I'd be like, okay, maybe. But the fact that he's getting more carries or near as many carries as Gibson and then more targets than – and Terry McLaurin is just, I, I'm done. I, there's, I can't. This team has no plan whatsoever offensively. You guys know who started running back last game? Last game? Like the, week, line, I mean, the Lions, the Lions game? game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was freaking I believe, Peyton Barber. Uh, but yeah, I was about to say, I think Barber was the first one on the game on the Going snap. Going back yeah. to week one. What? Why is Peyton Barber starting a game against the Lions in week 10? Show of force. <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. He had two carries, seven yards, just like Rod said. Two carries for seven yards. He has not been an effective runner all season. And Rod and uh, Rod Rivera and Scott Turner keep rolling him back out there. They have no plan. I'm convinced of that now. There's no strategy. There's no thought into what we do or how we approach it. It's just, like Ron said, his gut feeling. That's just what he's going to go with. It's his gut feeling that day, and this is what's going to happen. Why did J.D. McKissick get 17 points in our fantasy league? What's wrong with that? <laughs> At least he's helping somebody win. <laughs> Yo, that's that's crazy, bro. Like, I, I did not realize that he got that many targets. Like, I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. 15 targets in the passing game. Every seven game. receptions. That's sick, dude. Like, that is – it's mind-blowing. 
Mm-hmm. When like, and everyone talks about, hey, Alex had this fantastic game, a career game, like three ninety, like that. That's great. Like fantasy wise, straight. That's that's awesome. But we're not playing for fantasy wins. We're not playing for stats. Stats got the last guy fired. Got him moved to third string. When he said, hey, check the stats. Allegedly said, check the stats. I have no way of confirming that. I don't know if anyone does, but it's alleged that after the the Ravens game, Haskins said, hey, coach, check the stats. Got him benched. And Rod, I'm sorry, but McKissick yeah. had 23 total opportunities and had mm-hmm. 49 yards yesterday. 49 yards total yesterday. Yep, crazy. And for some reason, they just they'll continue doing this. I think he averaged 11 targets over the last three games. Well, the funny part is we talked about this on one of the pods. I think you were out, Rod, a couple weeks ago where I think we were – we said – I know I said it. I know we were on agreement with it. We would love to see a quarter of his targets go to Gibson, just a quarter to start. Like you don't even got to – of course it would be nice to have a lot more, but you do a quarter. So if he's getting 20 touches a game, that's an extra five touches for Gibson for him to have an opportunity to do something because I believe the the upside's much more higher for Gibson. But – those touches, five to seven touches a game, should be taken away from McKissick and given to Gibson. At least, if for nothing else, an opportunity. And why? Yeah. Why is it? Why is not our our number one quote unquote wide receiver not getting those passing targets? Shouldn't he be the first, second, and third option in this offense, considering who the other wide receivers are? But it's not. It's McKissick every single play. I don't understand. And, and... go ahead, Phil. Sounds like you're going to talk. Well, I was about to say. You know, I still stand by my statement. McKissick is the best slot receiver we have. I actually prefer him when they split him out in the slot or out wide because he seems to do a better job than anybody else we got playing in that role. I don't like him as a running back. Um, There's something to be said. They don't have faith in Gibson to do some of the things that McKissick does. And I think that's because Gibson is really raw. He probably has some aspects of his game, such as his field vision, things like that, and his catching style, because he he does like the body catch, that they would like to see him refine before they start giving him more of that responsibility in passing. As far as the run game, I think he does need to get more carries, period. Don't give those carries to McKissick. Give them to Gibson. Or, hell, Bryce Love comes back. Give it to Bryce. Give it to somebody other than McKissick. Well, it's one thing to need to improve on something. It's another thing just to give it to somebody who's not effective when you do give it to them, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, pass game targets, I, I hear what you're saying, but give that to Terry. Uh, Terry's a- averaged 13.6 yards a catch yesterday on seven receptions. He- hey, I agree, but, you know, we're talking about – I understand because we're talking about two different things here, McKissick versus Terry and McKissick versus Gibson. But, you know, it's it, – He's coming, he's coming open, and he's got a quarterback who loves the check down anyway. So he's going to get those targets partially because of the fact that that's what Alex likes to do. I think it's also the, it's the fact that – and every, you guys have all been saying it, and honestly, I, I'm the one who has kind of not seen it until probably the last three weeks. But this is the Carolina offense with – Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't take credit for that. You guys have credit for that. And I, I really wasn't a believer of it until I've seen McKissick's inflated stats the last three weeks. I mean, it's crazy. It, I feel like he's option one in he's this option offense. option one, two, and it, three in this it, offense. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. 
And that's the thing. Like at at the end of the day, the ball needs to go to your best playmakers. I'm not sure if McKissick is one of our best playmakers. Like that's what's frustrating. Like you look at Gibson, he's better than McKissick. You look at maybe even Steven Sims. I think he's better than McKissick in, in space. McLaurin definitely is. But when McKissick getting 15 targets in the passing game, like that's insanity, man. McKissick I think does have a McKissick has a bit more wiggle than Gibson does, and I think that he's a little more elusive, and that's why they try to give him the ball in space. I'm not saying this is working. I'm just kind of giving more of a it's, yeah. It's definitely not like even even if you extrapolate numbers. I mean, so he had seven receptions for 43 yards. Gibson had four receptions for 20 yards. I mean, you double it, he has eight for 40. I mean, they're they're right on par with each other. So it's it, for me, it's just. It's stupidity, man. Like they're, this is supposed to be a year where we're evaluating young talent, and we're using a, a journeyman fucking running back at McKissick, you know, taking taking carries away and catches away from Gibson. Like it just, it it it, it teeters on the edge of insanity. You know what's kind of bothersome about this too is that there was the narrative all year or all summer they like Logan Thomas. They're still forcing him <laughs> the ball when I think there's other players that should get it. They like they love JD McKissick. Remember when John Kime came out with that report early in the season? They're like, oh, before they drafted Gibson, I think. They love JD McKissick. They think JD they're they're forcing that on us. And it's they like are. yeah. Uh, McKissick is is number two in targets. It, it was Logan for a while on the number two spot. McKissick is number two with sixty two targets. Terry 62. Terry's number one with 86, and Logan is now in third with 52. Well, didn't so, we complain that Logan Thomas was was getting too many targets? We did. First, I would say the first <laughs> six games, he he was he was he was the checkdown, and then all of a sudden that kind of morphed into well, option one, option two is not a, a McKissick, option one not a McKissick. But I think this speaks to the fact that we better hope that Cam Sims or somebody develops as a as a number two to Terry, or you're just going to see more of this. I don't think it has anything to do with who the number two is. Honestly, I think this is just what they want out of this stupid offense. And, yeah. you know, the, the that's part of it too, but I, I'm sure, I'm sure if there was another wide out that earned that, that could, that could consistently get open and Cam Sims is starting to become that guy. Finally, Starting to, I didn't say he is, but he's starting to. He's showing. Um, you're going to, you know, other than Terry, the quarterbacks are immediately going to go to that safety valve. I mean, the messed up part is Cam Sins has played well two weeks in a row after getting no opportunities all year. The dude's averaging 20 and a half yards per reception, and that doesn't show you that you can push the ball downfield to him. I don't know what else does. I mean, McKissick's averaging seven um, yards, seven yards a, a reception. You need a quarterback who consistently push the ball downfield. Alex okay. ain't that guy. True. Can't argue with that. And look, I'm on the put Dwayne back in bandwagon now, but I knew that because Alex did not cost us the game against Detroit, he was going to get this next start. Hopefully, this just means that they're prepping Haskins in the background to come back against Dallas, as the rumors have been for the past couple of weeks. I hope and I pray that's the case. The fine cost us the game. Because I think sometimes we kind of put this in a vacuum of didn't throw a turnover late in the game. But I think it's about what you get out of the opportunities that you have. I mean, we had a lot of empty yardage yesterday. And I think there were a lot of times when Alex missed 
Alex Smith missed a lot of really basic throws yesterday that could have put us in a position to take the lead a lot earlier. So I we tend to there was kinda, a lot of net neutral. There was a lot of net yeah. neutral with Alex. All right. And but because it wasn't net negative, that's what I'm talking about. Well, it's a, one of the worst defenses in the league. I feel like we <laughs> there's there's a lot more we should have done yesterday. So I think you can, we you did can score. No, we did score twenty four points and a half against that. Now, of course, that was against when they went to man, and right. which is weird. Which is that's another weird thing. Why would you have a man coverage when you're up twenty one points? The defensive coordinator. Usually, you go in the soft yeah. zone, but they went into man. I I think teams start looking for opportunities to create turnovers when they don't need to against this team. And I, Matt Patricia is an idiot. First of all, in Detroit, and uh, I can say that because my family's from there. My dad hates them, but. It just it, it doesn't make any sense, Phil, because they haven't been effective in man defense all year. Not at all. Were they trying to take this as a learning opportunity? <laughs> it was garbage. They time learned something. Me. They they learned something. All right. That Alex, even Alex Smith, and his noodle arm are going to burn you in man coverage. That's how bad you are. Yep. I think I'll close out this segment for Overreaction Monday with mine. And it is simply three words. Fire Ron Rivera. That's it. Gentlemen, good, bad, ugly. Ellie, how you feeling? Uh, good. Gibson. Two touchdowns. I think to this point in the season, he's probably our offensive MVP. And if, I mean, who else are you going to pick? Um, my bad, I think just – the narrative coming out of the game that Alex Smith played a good game. I think he played an ineffective game and then he got some things late and that's, that's the real story, but it won't be told that way because the head coach is not telling it that way. And he had 390 yards on the stat sheet. XM NFL radio was drooling all over the 390 yards from Alex Smith. It made me sick. My, uh, my ugly is this Scott Turner offense is not getting any better. The play calls are horrendous inside the red zone. And there just seems to be no recourse or no, repercussions for this stupid play calling in a stupid offense running a jet sweep in the red zone is a massive no-no get a play going forward period dude that that drove me nuts man like to get sexy like we, that was i remember we're driving and announcers like hey like washington hasn't scored a touchdown in the opening drive all season and we make it into the red zone and this dude gets sexy with the play calling and starts losing yards like that was, it, it drove me nuts, man. I, I'm, I'm sure you guys all felt the same way, but I was like, what the hell is he doing, man? Like, uh, that's. Side note, that's you us. notice that every time, every time the announcer said something about we've never, or we always, the worst possible uh, outcome occurred every single time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Announcer's jinxed us, man. Bothered me. I was I like, was, I... shut up, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Alex Smith took another one game. of those red zone sacks that you quote unquote can't take too. Um before that stupid I just I don't I'm No, it was after. It was it was McKissick lost ten yards and yeah. then Alex got sacked. That's what it was. But the thing is is that it's because Alex Smith is a statue. He can't move. <laughs> but I mean like that dude like fellas, that's that is just crazy to me. Like I'm looking at so I'm looking at the play sheet right now. First and 10 at Detroit's 21-yard line. We had a seven-yard run with Antonio Gibson to their 14. Then we get sexy. We lose 10 yards on their 14-yard line. 
So it's third and 13 at Detroit 24. We then take a 14-yard sack to their 38-yard line, and then we punt the ball. Took us out of field goal range. That That's is crazy, time. dude. Like, that is – that. oh, my. I'm like for an 18-year veteran. <laughs> for me, good, none. Bad, we played a 30th-ranked defensive fucking team, and we got skunked before halftime. 24 to 3. No, that's that's I don't even think we scored 3 until after the half. Oh no, we scored 3 in the second quarter, so whatever. Like that's that's like bad. And then ugly for me is just the hollow victory. Like I'm so frustrated with this fan base today. In the even the organization, they care more about Alex Smith winning comeback player of the year than they do in actually evaluating talent or even trying to win football games. I'm not sure if Alex Smith is really the guy that's going to help us win football games if that's what you want to do. Sure, he's conservative. He really rarely throws the ball or turns the ball over. Last week perhaps was an anomaly. I think it was. But, again, like a, a horrible Giants team, three interceptions last week. Sure, he didn't turn the ball over this week, but he left points on the field, like you said earlier. And it's just to me, it's it's just disgusting, man. Like I'm 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 so pissed off because I've been negative rod for like the past four or five weeks with this franchise, and I finally, finally, finally said, you know what? We're playing an equally bad Lions team. We have an opportunity to put ourselves within a half game's reach of leading the division if that's what we want to do. And we laid a goose egg, man. We laid a goose egg, and we look we look like crap until the second half, where they start playing a little bit softer on defense. Sure, we came back. I hate the term garbage time, so kudos to Alex and the squad for having the quote unquote intestinal fortitude to try to will themselves back into a game and win. But at the end of the day, like we lost to a, a previously three and five Detroit Lions team, and we fell to two and seven. That is beyond ugly. That is like grotesque, disgusting. I'm, I'm fed up completely fed up with this team. Steve, what's your good, bad, and ugly? Okay, my my good is uh, all things being equal, you know, all the extraneous things we've been talking about. Uh, time of possession. We really did well at time of possession yesterday, and I kind of threw a jab in, the, in, our, in our admin chat, but when you have a plus 11 time of possession and then you still lose, whew, that tells a sign about your, I think, your ineffectiveness of your offense. I mean, I don't think I'm wrong when I say that. But we had 35 minutes, 43 seconds. They had 24 minutes and 17 seconds. Twice in the second half, we had these super long drives with nothing but a field goal to show for it at the end. And it, it I don't know, it's just frustrating. That's my, that's my good. Ending with a frustrating tip, my bad. Alex Smith throwing 55 freaking times. When Alex Smith is throwing 55 times, something is wrong. Alex Smith does not need to be throwing 55 times. He didn't throw 55 times when he had Tyreek Hill. That's just not what Alex Smith does, and that's not how he's built. You know, he needs to be a 30, 30 throws a game max type of guy, and that's how you should design the offense. Even, I get it, we were down the whole time. It's your own fault as a team. I was looking at the next gen stats 
he was, they have this, that called aggressiveness. And, and what it's defined is it's the amount of passing attempts a quarterback makes that are into tight coverage where there's a defender within one yard or less of the receiver at the time of completion. Uh, he was, he was 21, 20 ranked 21st this weekend of all active quarterbacks. So I, <laughs> I think he's still playing safe. I don't know if you guys noticed. He's got some happy feet, and I, I can't blame him. It, that's not the old Alex, but when he's in the pocket, you see his feet just hopping around, hopping around, hopping around, kind of like we saw Dwayne last year. So he's still got a way to go, When it, I think, to, to get his feet back underneath him. That's my bad. And my ugly is everything from the first half from the defense. I Yes, the, I, I get it. The offense was bad the first half, but the, the defense – it goes back to my overreaction. Like you can't stop a nosebleed in the first half. We were down. Was it, what was it? 17 to three, I think to start the game. So going into halftime anyways, and that's just, that's just unacceptable. We, we, we say the strength of this team is the defense. So why can't the deep, I mean, the defense didn't really knuckle down. Like I thought they would. Yeah. 17, three going into halftime. So I'm not taking the offense off the hook, but if the defense is going to be what we're defined as, as a typical Ron Rivera team used to be, you, you got to make some plays and, and give this terrible offense a, a chance. So. Yeah. Dude, like your the defense, like for me, like you, you hit the head around the nail, like you come out of halftime and you're down 17 to three. And like that second half drive, Steve, they, they allowed Detroit to have 11 plays. So like a, a time consuming drive, 11 plays, seven minutes and two seconds off the, the damn game clock in the third quarter to start like that's that's unacceptable man like they have to fix that like beyond this year we know we have some holes and that's it's it's just incredibly frustrating that perhaps the league's most prized possession on any decent franchise is the quarterback position that wasn't the problem he's benched we don't know what we have and if we if we stink it up and win no more games this year and we have one of the top draft picks, we're going to probably waste it on the quarterback and the team is still going to be equally as bad. Like that guy, we're yeah. not, a, we're not a good quarterback away from competing, man. Like we still like, it's almost an indictment that people were throwing like, Ellie's in the mention as well with me on Twitter today. Like people are like, Oh, look at, look at Herbert, look at Tua, look at, you know, Burrow compared to like Haskins. It's like, dude, like, those teams are in, are in much better shape. Those playmakers around them, much better shape. They're ready to sort of and, compete. And they have un, undeniable support from their coaching staff and franchises. It's a little yes. bit different. It's apples Absolutely. and oranges. Absolutely. And we just listen to this. We are one play. If Kendall Fuller doesn't trip on that, was it the second touchdown or first touchdown? If he doesn't trip, we win this game. I'm not, I'm not saying that's why we lost. I'm just saying – as how bad as we played, we still almost won this game. And that just shows you the quality of Detroit. So, so I'm not taking anything away from Detroit. I'm just telling you, we're not a good team. And we still effed up all throughout the game. And we still almost won. They were trying to give it to us there for yeah. a little while at the end. So we're, we're, not, we're, we're not good. The offense is bad. The defense is pretty good. I'll leave it at that. The – the thing that bothers me is that there's a clear blueprint to beating an Alex Smith-led team. He can't move in the pocket. If you can generate any kind of pass rush, he's not going to be effective. Detroit does not have pass rushers on their roster at all. They, 
they are horrible defensively. So I think if teams start to bring that pass rush, and I think they they got a little bit of a pass rush in the first half, and you saw what we couldn't do. And uh, you know, so we'll see. But I don't know, man. Not encouraged. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think we miss Phil. So Phil, what's your good, yeah, ugly brother? All right, the good for another week in a row is for all that I complain about the first half. This team has guts. They don't give up. This is the one thing I will give them all day long over our previous coach. They fight for four quarters. You know, they try. You know, even when it's garbage time and, and, and all that, I mean, they're making the most of that window of opportunity that teams are giving them. How many times do we see games like that with the previous coach and the previous defensive coordinators, especially, where once we were down, it just became a bigger and bigger beatdown. You didn't have these comebacks like that, except for the infamous Code Red game. Other than that, I really don't have too much good. Um, you know, to the bad, man, did we get caught off guard with some deep passes? That's the first time that's happened to us in a while where a team's really gone deep on us and been successful. Um, I don't, it's, it's hard to say exactly why, you know, I heard on one play it was Fuller and another person said no on, on that play. It was Jimmy Moreland that got beat, whatever. You got to tighten that up. Teams are really trying to play the short passing game with us and we're trying to adapt. But in the process, it seems like we left ourselves open on the occasional deep pass by Detroit. Detroit didn't go deep often, but he's connected when they did. And you, know, you, you got to be aware of that, especially the team that does have the passing game that Detroit does. Uh, the ugly. <sighs> Special teams. Uh, between Dustin Hopkins field goal kicking, um, some rather questionable choices to return punts uh, and kicks when they should have been let go. Uh, just our special teams really is not a strong point of ours outside of Tress Way. Um, and, and that's something that, that it's it's beyond, I mean, everybody's talked about the other thing. So I'm going to talk about an ugly that tends to go overlooked. We don't get really good field position out of our out of our special teams at all uh, when we're when we're receiving the ball. We return kicks out of the end zone and we don't even get to the twenty. You know, Steven Sims is on the eight yard line with a with a defender right in his face. He doesn't fair catch. He doesn't let the ball bounce. He just catches it and thinks he's going to make a play. That's ugly. It was, it was, it's horrible. And you know, these guys can be coached to be smarter. And, and, and I think that's something that we overlook because of the fact that special teams tends to be overlooked in, in the holistic part of the game. But you know, that's something that we've kind of uh, ignored outside of Dustin's kicking. And I really, really, really think that the better part of our special teams is just awful. Yeah, I uh, 
I agree. I, I don't know if, hey, Steve, do you know if that dude, Harvey Vedic, is going to be like the, the kicker that's going to compete this week? I, I, I haven't heard yet, but he, he competed last week. So I, I think Dustin Hopkins' leash is getting shorter and shorter. He's not injured. He's just stinking it up. So, you know, it's funny. You, I don't know. We follow the Giants, right, in, indirectly. But, you know, Graham Gano, I believe he's 21 for 22 this year. As much as we, we clowned on Graham Gano back when he was uh, on our I team in 2011. Him. I loved him. And the Giants just locked him up for, what, two or three years, I think. That's crazy. Well, we did have the nickname of Graham Gano when he yeah. was here. <laughs> I liked him. I don't know. I, I like I like him. I, I like Kai. I like, I like Nick Rose. Yeah. Nick Rose. I'm a big Nick, <laughs> Nick Rose. Fan. Why did did we let go of Kai for similar reasons? Was he struggling the way Hopkins is struggling? His or his leg wasn't as strong. His leg wasn't as strong as Hopkins. And I think what got to what led to us releasing him is the NFL changed the kickoff rule, and we wanted someone that was going to blast kickoffs through the end zone. And then they changed the rule again, where a touchback brings it to like the 25 instead of the 20. So. Kai may have been the better kicker, but who knows? He was accurate. He just didn't have a really strong leg. Yeah, you had to get, I think, like 47 <laughs> yards was his max. And that's just that's yeah, modern, Kai was Yeah, Kai could barely get to 50. But I'll take a guy who's accurate from under 50 than a guy, you know, and, and can't kick past that, than a guy who has 60-yard range but can't hit the broad side of a barn when he's standing in front of it. I mean, you, th- you think of – you think of our roster and hate to pick on Thomas Davis, but maybe you're, maybe you're a rare team that carries two kickers on game day. I, I don't know what the answer would be, but if, if you want someone that's going to be accurate within 45, okay, you sign that dude. And if you need someone who's going to blast kickoffs through the end zone, then you keep Hopkins, but he's just 12 for 17. Is not going to cut it? Man, that's 70% field goal percentage in the NFL is not going to cut it. And he's not only field goals as he missed, he's missed some extra points this year too. So I know I he's been dealing I, with a groin injury, but got to do something, man. Sorry. If if anybody in Ashburn wants to do something simple to make Rod happy this year, go find Nick Rose. About to Please. Google that dude. I'm about to see what he's doing. I would second that. Please, because I know that'd be the simplest thing to, to turn Rod a little positive. And you know what? The man deserves it. He serves our country, and our team does not serve him. So please, oh, would somebody it. go and sign Nick Rose <laughs> so Rod can have something to smile about? He's yeah. got two Xbox Xbox Xs. What are you talking about? Dude, here's the thing. So good good guy Rod. This is perhaps some <laughs> karma. I hate I hate scalpers, so just segue to that, then we'll go to uh game balls. So I had two Xbox X's, Series X's. Um the reason for that, I had it ordered through Amazon, order fell through, I found another vendor, got a pre order, and I kept it with the intent of maybe maybe I'll I'll sell it. Well, I hate scalpers. I hate people who throttle the market like that, especially for like a I'm a grown man, but I still believe video games is like a kid's type device, um, even though we're grown men and that was part of our kid generation. But anyways, um, my good buddy, I'm just going to sell it to him for cost. I'm not making a, a single dime over over it. So he hit me up. Yeah, literally as the, the Xbox came in today, he sent me a text and I, I asked him about it. And he said, hey, do you do you have it? I was like, I was about to list it. He's like, hey, like, I'll take it. I was like, hey, just pay me for cost. I don't want to make a dime off of you. So. Yeah, I'll be sip I'll be shipping to my boy tomorrow and uh 
yeah, he'll have his Series X. So, good guy, Rod. That's me. See? See? Y'all, Rod could be a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Game balls. Uh, I'll start this one off. Um, not because of the performance. I, I rate teams on wins. That's, I think, what we play for. But I'm going to give a game ball to Alex Smith um, just because despite – the career game, how I started the pod, kind of, you know, joking, I guess, about about his his career game. Uh, to come back from that injury is is pretty pretty special. Um, the dude almost lost his life, almost lost his leg. So to start an NFL game um, and have statistically the type of game that he did, I will at least give him a game ball for that. So, uh, yeah, welcome back, Alex. I'd, I'd much rather you go back to the bench, but. You know, it is what it is. So uh, I'll give you my game ball. Uh, other than that, um, I'm not sure if anyone else would be deserving of a game ball from me. I have to go back and look at the game. But uh, it's it's just it's hard for me when you you have a losing effort versus a pretty pathetic team to uh, give out game balls as they are candy. So I won't do that. But uh, Ellie, let's go to you, bro. How are you feeling? Uh, who's going to get your game balls this week? My game ball is going to go to Christopher McDaniel from the Facebook group. <laughs> holding it down with we'll great points. Out. Yeah. Shout out to Christopher McDaniel this week. That's it. Steve? Uh, I'm going to go Mr. This is really hard to find a bright spot, but Cam Curl, just because I like the opportunities he's getting. And he played well. He had the only sack of the game for this phenomenal excuse me, pass defense, the only sack of the game. Again, two weeks in a row. So six tackles, two assists, uh, one sack. I I think he's doing a great job filling in for uh, old Landon. And if he can – I don't – this is almost on par with what Landon was doing, if not better. So (laughs) I'm not saying that you can give Landon his walking papers, but if Cameron Curl continues to improve – Hey, it's it's worthy of having that conversation. So Cameron Curl, you get you get my game ball. My other game ball, I gotta give it to Antonio Gibson. Two touchdowns on his limited opportunities that he had running the ball. 13 carries, 45 yards, two touchdowns. I give it to uh honorable mention goes to uh AG. That's all I got. Hey, quick quick question for you, Steve, before you sign off and I pass it to uh Phil. But so Cam Curl, seventh round draft pick, um, obviously stepping up but we need him to. Do you think that's good scouting or do you think it's just hitting the lotto? I mean, the draft is so hard to hit the lotto, to hit the jackpot. Some teams do it better than others. And I think we just do it really bad all the time. We have find a diamond rough once in a while, Terry McLaurin. We found Alfred Morris back in the sixth, <clears throat> back in 2012. But Cameron Curl specifically – hard to say. We don't know a lot. We don't know a lot about this new coaching staff. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have a good answer for you. I would just hope I would like, I would love to say it was great scouting, but I think time will tell. I I just don't know. We don't, uh, we still have our, what Kyle Smith as our pseudo GM. I don't know what you want to call him, but I don't know. Did he retain his whole scouting staff as well? I, I believe he did. I believe he did. I think, if anything, a, a sort of a takeaway is uh, looking at pro football focus ratings. Take it for what it's worth. Some people believe him. Some people don't. He is rated better than Troy Apke. Yes. Troy Apke's 79th. Cam Curl's 59th. Uh, Landon's 
uh, 54th ranked, and then the Shaver Everett actually is surprisingly 36th rank. Yeah, so, he was uh, doing well. He 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 had an injury yesterday. Do we know his injury, by the way? I uh, do not. Okay. Do not, no, I haven't seen anything come across the wire on it. Is that, that led to Apke coming in? You know what happens when Apke comes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, well, I know. Dev, ahead, but, what happens? What happens when Apke comes in? Is Dev gets really happy, and him and his little Apke uh, fan club start cheering. Um, game ball. I'm gonna have to give it to Terry again. He's not even getting the bulk of the targets, but the opportunities that he's given, something happens. That jet sweep is something. The jet sweep with Terry is something I said weeks ago. This guy's fast enough. Why are we not putting the ball in his hands this way? You know, and look what happens. And you don't have to do it every game. Just do it once every other game. Something like that just keeps defenses off balance and gives you another opportunity to put the ball in the hands of one of the few playmakers you have. And, uh, you know, he made, you know, he, he made the best of his targets. Um, you know, multiple first downs. He was the guy in the passing game that made the most impact. So my game ball goes to Terry McCord. I can't, can't debate that. I mean, he is the rare bright spot that we do have on this team. So uh, well-deserved for Terry Mack. Miscellaneous chat. What's your guys' outlook for the rest of the season? Like, what do you want to see out of this Washington football team? Do you care about making the playoffs? Do you want to just see progression? Do you want us to potentially figure out what we got at quarterback with Dwayne? Uh, how do you guys feel? And what's what's the temperature in the room for y'all? And Phil, we'll start with you. Okay. So do you want my most idealistic? Yeah, that's fine. Hope that idealistic, optimistic. And then yeah, I'll give fine. and then I'll give and then I'll give you my my realistic. My idealistic is okay. The device in Alex's shoe snaps in half and needs to be four to six <laughs> weeks to be repaired. And then Dwayne comes in and he's actually been in the film room and he's got his head on straight and he now knows this offense and we win out and we win the division. That would be my, <laughs> that would be my most optimistic. And, and that's what I would love to have. Now, let me bring it back to earth. And that's going to take a minute because I was way up in space on that one. But um, optimistically, or, or, or realistically, I would love to see, a, you know, I'd like to see Antonio Gibson minimum 18 carries a game, no matter what. If we're down, I have this, I have this feeling that if we're down 20 at halftime, why are we going to try to go to a, you know, uh, an all passing game offense? If we're not, you know, if we're going to be down 20 at halftime every game, start the second half like it's nothing, nothing. Feed Antonio. If nothing else, it forces their defense to start having to respect the run and may open up your pass if you're trying to make a comeback. But 
once you go one dimensional, what happened to us is going to continue to happen to us where we're going to fall short. So use the man in the run here. It's the only way we're going to see if his field vision is going to develop. Um, I like to see if Cam Sims can continue to develop. I like seeing if these young weapons for the future, whether they're rookies, second or third year guys, I want to see them make progression. Gibson has made progression. And I'm, I still question his, you know, his field vision and his, and his catching style. But you can coach how you catch the ball. You can gain field vision from experience. And with Cam Sims, his route running arguably is the best of all the receivers. He may be better than Terry at this point in terms of just pure route running. And I'd like to see that develop into more targets, more catches, and giving us one more downfield threat. Whether Alex is quarterback, whether Dwayne, whether hell, it's Steven Montez. No quarterback is going to have success pushing the ball downfield unless they have multiple targets they can throw the ball downfield to. We know Terry can do it. We, we need to know if Cam can do it or if someone else can start stepping up in practice and challenge Cam for that number two spot on the roster at this time. Now, I know Ellie may argue with me if that Cam may or may not be a number two or if Terry is a number one. I'm just referring to on this roster at this time. Terry is a number one. Cam can solidify the number two. And we can at least have these two guys moving forward as, you know, solid, proven downfield threats moving the ball. I like to see that out of this offense. As far as the defense goes, can we find some way to get Jonathan Bostic off the fucking field? The man is atrocious in pass coverage. Um, and other than if he, the only thing he's really like great at is just blitzing a gap, charging a gap. He's great at that. He can find the open gap when he's doing that. The problem is, is that he's no longer playing a position where he could do that frequently. Cole Holcomb took that spot from him. So now we got to find out, well, who's going to take that outside linebacker spot away from Boston? Because his skill set does not translate well to the position he's playing, and it's showing on the field. No, I agree, man. It's uh, it's interesting. So just looking at the numbers. So uh, you said you wanted, you know, uh, Gibson to run 18 times a game, and didn't realize he's he's only averaged 11 carries a game since this year's started. So interesting, a little factoid from that. 103 attempts this year, 436 yards. But uh, looking at the pass catching between him and McKissick, um, McKissick has 41 receptions, 291 yards, 7.1 average. And then AG has 26 receptions, 202 yards, and 7.8 average. So he's actually more effective as a pass catcher than McKissick is this year. And that's that's interesting just to look at the numbers. I'm like, wow, okay. You know? he's, he's, had a couple, he's had a couple more breakaway runs um, because he's more – He's fast, he's explosive, but I don't think he's as versatile a receiver as McKissick in terms of how he runs the route tree and, and his awareness and just his ability to hand catch balls. Um, yeah. That's why McKissick gets more targets, but mm, I'd like to see Scott Turner maybe implement a few more plays that work, work well with Gibson's skill set 
as a receiver. Especially, um, especially considering that's what he did in college. He was a receiver yeah. in college. I mean, the yeah. NFL transitioned to running back. So, yeah, he may not have the the, the refined route running skills, perhaps, of McKissick. Um, but I'd like to see McKissick. I'd like to see a. I'd love to see a three receiver set with Cam and Terry on the outside and McKissick in the slot. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see that because a it puts McKissick and Gibson on the field but not both in the backfield and hell switch that up put put Gibson in the slot once in a while he did it in Memphis well they're not it would create mismatches against the linebacker and we know this and we're not even players we're not even coaches it's it's common sense that's what we thought the McKissick Gibson combo was going to be mismatch creation but clearly that's not what they're doing so. No, and, and 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 that's the problem is that you know they are so hell bent on keeping Gibson in the backfield for whatever reason, and he's a he's a piss poor pass blocker. So that's something you got to fix in practice. That's not something you want him to get on the job training on because it's going to get a quarterback killed, and we already have a quarterback who's been near death once. Yeah. Did y'all see the play where uh, it was kind of funny? Gibson ran into the back of Cam Sims and hurt yes. him. Yes. <laughs> I made the meme. I made the meme on that. Like, yeah, that's save, right. That, that's, save that's, a what the fuck player. <laughs> yeah. So I know that. I think that's just a, a him learning his vision. That I think that's what it goes down to. He, he's learning. He, he'll he'll get there. This the game a needs to slow down for him. I, I, honestly, that's yeah. all it is. I think he's yep. he is playing faster than he needs to, uh, because he's a young guy I, who's trying to make plays. This isn't going to translate well into the podcast because we're we're audio not visual. But he when he see he's getting he did this early in the season. He stopped doing it, and I saw it again in this game. He sees this crack of open space and like his whole body like like does this weird like jerking motion like there's no grace to his movement. He he runs in place almost for like two steps and in in his upper body it's like what the hell happened? Like he gets so excited that he has an opportunity to reach open field that like literally like this 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 weird hyper click happens in his head and his he does this weird running motion. And like, I always say it, he looks like a, a, a an, like a berserk crane. There's no grace to it. And it's like, dude, <laughs> it's it's hard to describe, but when you see it, you're like, oh, what the hell is that? Yeah. I think he's just so excited because he has an opportunity to he do is. something. Ellie, he's a real quiet man. How 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 you feeling, bro? What's your outlook? Um, uh Real quick on that Gibson play. I know it looked foolish. In my opinion, when I was watching the game, and I haven't watched it twice, it looked like he was waiting for Cam Sims to pick a side to block, and Cam Sims just never did. Cam Sims turned around and looked at Gibson, and that screwed the whole thing up because I think he was trying to cut off of Cam Sims and hit the open field. But still, he could have been a lot more graceful there. In hey, terms just, of like, just just a quick disclaimer for the listeners: uh, Ellie is a, a Gibson apologist, but uh, Ellie, please continue. Please continue. <laughs> he Offensive is. MVP apologist. <laughs> oh, that's all I love, bro. Go ahead, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms of like the rest of the season, what I want to see, you said, let's see what we have in our young players. Well, let's see what we have in our coaches. 
They, the offensive coach has shown me nothing. The defensive coach has had plenty of holes in what he's done. And the head coach has been a complete crap show, if you ask me, until this point. So let's see what we got in those guys before we ask any players to show us what they got. Well, uh, in, in one particular – see, I think Del Rio's tried to do the best with the fact that he's had half, half of a defense. Um, Scott Turner is – you're not going to replace the offensive coordinator at this point. That's something that we really need to see take a hard look at in the offseason because he ain't cutting it. I can, I can ride with Del Rio because it seems like Del Rio's players will rock with him. And he does – he makes really good adjustments because um, you'll notice the defense does different things in the second half. I wish they would do these things in the first half, but that's here or there. Scott Turner does the same shit over and over, and that's annoying. Yeah. For me, what I want to see for the rest of the year, all right, Ron, Scott, you want to do this thing, whatever you want to call it you're doing with the quarterbacks. Let's see you put your money where your mouth is because of all the games we have left for the rest of the season, there's two games that really matter to me now. I'm not even talking about division games because I don't care about the division anymore. It's two back-to-back games and you will be tested like you've never been tested this year is Pittsburgh and San Francisco. And I say that because those two teams are, bullish with their defenses one Pittsburgh's not I know right now they're just a good team and we we as a group say we don't count yards the defensive rankings are based on yards right by default so let me let me rip these stats off to you so San Francisco's fifth in yards Pittsburgh is sixth in yards okay let's take it a step further to me it's not about yards it's about points per game Pittsburgh third in the NFL and defensive fewest points per game San Francisco is 10th so you want to play this game we're going to see how your offense does against two very good defenses and I I just I'm excited and I will punch a hole through something if you find a way to throw Dwayne in the game the week of one of these games I mean it is what it is but if, if that's what you do oh man I'm going to be very upset because you could pick any of these other rollover teams, Cincinnati, Dallas, Seattle, Carolina, Philly has a good defense, uh, but this is, this is why I said, I hope they're getting Dwayne prepped now for Dallas and let Dallas be kind of like a second set of a, a second attempt at a preseason game for him. I mean, and then you have a long week to prepare for Pittsburgh on yeah. top of that. That and, would be that if he does that, then you know what? I'll take back a lot of the hate I have for Scott Turner. If 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 that is and Ron Rivera on this issue, I'm a little more optimistic on Ron than the rest of the guys in this group. I can't stand Scott Turner, but if that is what they end up doing, I can rock with that and I will be fine with it. I I, I will be like, okay, you knew something we did, and I think that'll be the smartest way to go about it, especially if you do think. And you're going to live up to that word that Dwayne 
still has a chance to be the future of this team. You've told us this in the past few weeks. Let's see it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I, I agree. It's just like, like you guys said, though, if, if they throw him into the lion's den again, that's how we started the season. Like Philly has been a train wreck without a doubt, but like those, those weeks two, three, and four, for lack of a preseason, that was Dwayne's preseason trying to learn offense and all this other shit. And after his statistically best game, and, and numbers lie at times, I get it, uh, they, they sat him down. So, like, e- even Dallas, we're talking about the rumor of, like, hey, he's probably going to come in versus the Cowboys if we lose to the Bengals. I don't feel so good about that because it's a short week. So, like, he's not going to get a full offensive install. Um, it's a division opponent. And regardless of the records, it's going to be a tough game. I think I said that on an earlier pod. So, you know, uh, I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see well, what hope, the future holds. Hopefully hopefully he's doing the mental reps and he's doing everything. He's preparing like he's going to step in at some point. The only thing right now, if the, te- if, if the coaches aren't preparing Dwayne, the only thing Dwayne can do is prepare himself. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I agree. I mean, he needs to. Uh, hopefully he is. He seems to be a, a decent teammate like – he wasn't really that active on social media, but since the benching, for sure, he hasn't really been as active. Um, and when he has been active, he's been, you know, kind of giving you know kudos to his teammates. So, uh, you know, hopefully he's. I'm not, I was looking for him on the sideline yesterday. Um, I want to see if he was still had a, the captain's uh, crest on his chest, but I, I didn't see them show him at all on the sideline. He still does. Either. He still does. Okay, so he's still a captain. I mean, I literally had no. That's how shitty this organization is, as far as like relaying information to the fans. We knew Terry Mack uh, picked up the C. I think we rightfully assumed that it came from Landon Collins' uh, uniform. No, that got that that was reported. That was reported that they gave him Landon C. Okay, so they did definitely give him his, and then you know just unsure what the uh, offensive captains would be. That's just it, it's just a muddy mess, though, man. Like you you got a kid who's. Was a third, was a starter, third stringer, backup, um, captain of the team. It's just, it, it reminds me of 2015 when we didn't trade Robert Griffin. Um, kind of just let that dude die in a fucking cornfield by himself. Um, had him playing scout team safety. You know, I haven't heard anything as crazy as that, but uh, it's unfortunate <laughs> the way we, we really treat our players when we draft them. And we're supposed to develop them. We don't do that. So, like, my outlook for this squad moving forward, um, I would like to see Dwayne uh, get another crack at it. Nothing against Alex, but I want to know if if we can build with this guy. Like you look up the road uh, to New York. You look at what Danny uh, Jones is doing. Right, wrong, or indifferent, the Giants what won three games. They're either tied for first. Or no, they're they're a half game behind the uh, the Eagles right now for first place. Joe Judge seems to be pretty optimistic with his guy. Now, whether or not he truly believes in Daniel Jones, who knows? Um, but he's at least saying the right things publicly, and they're winning with him and they're losing with him. But they know, or they should know at the end of the season what they got. If they finish with a top five pick and the quarterback of the future is there and that's what they think they need to move on, then you make that pick. And I can I can live with that if I was a Giants fan. Uh, for us – I don't know what I got in Dwayne. Like I, I saw him making strides last year um, before he went down with an injury to end the season and Jay Gruden's slash Bill Callahan offense um, to end the year. And then, 
you're hopeful that this year he's going to pick it up. And we kind of were told and understood that, you know, he's, he's a little bit slow learner. Urban Myers come online numerous times, spoke to national media outlets about his former star quarterback, Ohio state and saying, Hey, you know, you got to press him. You got to press him. Um, he's, he's kind of stubborn, but he's that kid who's really, really good. Uh, but he relies on his talent at times instead of working hard. Uh, Cause you know, talent only gets you so far. Hard work will get you further most of the time. Um, and if we're not putting the kid on the field, we're not developing him. We don't know what we got. And then we're in another, you know, conundrum come, come April uh, when it's time to draft a player. It's looking like we're going to have one of the top picks. If we keep the turn trend, we don't know what we got. Uh, so with all that loviating, put Dwayne in the game, see what the hell we got with him. Um, defensively, uh, I think Phil, you hit on the head earlier. You're talking about just the outside linebacker position with Bostic, like, I don't know if there's anyone else on the roster that you want to test out, um, but it's it's almost like we're in side deal, Mike Shanahan's evaluating talent phase. Um, we got we got to see what the hell we got for next year. I don't really trust what Ron Rivera has done in the, this off season. You'll bring in bringing in players that never hit the damn field or hit the field just you know a, a fraction of plays and then are inactivated every week. Thomas Davis talking about you. Um, so yeah. Just uh, I I expected this to be a rebuilding season. It's it's not a genuine rebuilding season because we're still trying to win a division at two and seven, which is ludicrous to me. But that's that's all I'm feeling. I think we are now moving to the shout out phase as we wind down the Aaron Colvin pod. So we already gave a shout out to Chris McDaniel and the group. Uh, but Phil, is there anyone that you want to shout out? as we close out this pod. Shout out to Dev. I know he is dying to hear this podcast because um, Lord knows he really wanted to be on the Aaron Colvin pod. Um, <laughs> so, so shout out to Dev. Um, shout out to Hurley Woolen. He and I have been uh, chatting a lot in, in the group and uh, we don't necessarily... We, we get each other's points. I, I like this talking shop with him and uh, uh, Greg Delaney and some of the other guys who are just there. I'm always shouting them out every week because they provide, you know, good comments, solid back and forth. Um, so I don't have my list up in front of me like I normally do uh, of people that, you know, like shout out. So if you're contributing in the group and having, you know, good intelligent conversations, shout out to you. You should know who you are. Um, shout out to the blockhead, Stephen Kelly. Um, and uh, that, that, that's about it. It's your, I think that's your official nemesis uh, moving forward. It used to be you and Fred Brown, man, a couple of years ago. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to see that <laughs> oh, the evolution. No, shout out to Fred. He inspired me to actually show up to the podcast tonight. So what, what people are going to realize is when they hear noise behind me when I was talking earlier, I literally joined the pod in the middle of a workout. So I was muting, I was muting my mic while I was doing lifts and, and while I, you know, was, was, uh, wasn't talking. So you didn't hear a lot of the, uh, the gym noise behind me, but if Fred could show up and run routes on our live show on Sunday, um, I can bench press and do barbell rows, uh, you know, in between me spouting off my, my opinion and whatever that's worth. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a jump with my shout. So shout out to Fred going uh six targets yesterday for one reception for three yards and the free game pod. <laughs> Love you, homie. I know you're, you're you'll hear this and you'll talk some shit. It's all good. Um yeah, shout out to Jimmy Lee Patterson. We kind of had uh, a couple back and forth myself in the group, but uh he's he's always active as well. Uh there's this dude, Ellie Suggs, uh, in the group. Uh really appreciate all his feedback as well. He's always on it. Um <laughs> Just anyone, man, who who participates, if, you know, Andy Burroughs, you know, you, you jump in, um, Brian or Benjamin Harlow, whatever, you, dudes who jump in, uh, the live pods, they interact with us. Uh, just we appreciate the love, man. It's a uh, it's it's a dope feeling. Uh, we do this just for fun, uh, but it's always always a nice uh, nice thing when we got the fans showing up and the fellow extra uh, listeners. Yep. Extra shout out to Andy. Um... You know, if you need a sponsor for your visa, so you can come over here and get medicinal marijuana in Virginia, um, <laughs> as I recommended, uh, because you, you need you need uh, to 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 chill after our Sunday debacles. Um, I, I'm more than willing to sponsor you. Um, you know, hey, I'm I'm the son of an immigrant myself, so you know, I'm I'm a good sponsor. I'm I'm good on that. So. Andy, you want to come to the U.S., get a little bit of that legal green, um, you know, I'll help you out. And Lord knows Dev will help you out on actually finding it. <laughs> Steve, who you want to shout out, man? Uh, shout out to Dev, first and foremost, on the uh, the F Aaron Colvin pod. I know he would say that if he was here. And, um, yeah, shout out to uh, Phil and Rod for picking the correct Washington football team scores yesterday with 27 to 16. Although we didn't win, you did pick the 27. And, you know, I think you got to you got to honor that when when you do hit it right, at least on one side, because that's hard. You know, I hopefully I'm the only person who can predict the score the whole year. I'll I'll stick to that. I predict the Ravens game. But, yeah, it was kind of scary when when it was when it was. 24 24 and i really thought we were going to lose 27 24 because that was my prediction and a heartbreaking loss so i'm glad i didn't end up that way because i would have somehow felt personally responsible for that loss and i probably would have really you know been depressed this whole week if that's the way it turned out so um yeah and shout out to everyone else in the group we had you know killer comments once again it started off slow but the my dog will stop crying. Uh, some some great commentary in that live thread. I really look forward to that every Sunday. It's like the highlight of my week, chatting with everybody in the thread. It really makes the game better to watch than um, just sitting there watching it by myself. So thank you to everyone who joins in, the, in that live thread. and um, Over 500 sh- comments. There you go. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Ali for for keeping the group live, man. His, his, his posts are very uh, – uh, I'm going to say they're very um, – discussion worthy so you know he's always always saying the right thing to get everyone talking and it seems as of lately everybody has an opinion so that's good that's what we like to bring to this facebook group it's not these other facebook groups where you just have people taking selfies of themselves and their in their in their team gear and i think we hold ourselves to a higher standard than we're we're smarter fans and more educated and we have these good conversations and um yeah thanks for bringing a fire everyone and um for all you know However many people are listening to this, keep it my up. New, appreciate it. My new nickname for Ellie is Reggie Jackson because he is the straw that stirs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. No, without a doubt. Shout out to Drew Brees, breaking multiple ribs and having a lung oof, issue. Oof. 
Oh. I hate Drew Brees. So fuck it. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, I don't maybe, care. Maybe our future quarterback's gonna get to have his audition. <laughs> Jameis Winston. Give me the. Oh, give me. Give me. Give me. Give me. Give me the. Give me the. Give me the. The, the, the w W's. stand for Washington now. That's gonna be. Weird. Oh my God! Stop it! Ugh. Hey, what? look. We could at least, at least we, at least we get to see if his LASIK surgery worked before he gets on our roster. <laughs> it didn't. Trust me. I got a couple shout outs. I do. <laughs> I got some shout outs. Um, you shout out Hurley. That's my boy. We play ball together a lot. Um, big swole dude. You know, so you get along with him, Phil. I swear, he's always in the gym. Um, <laughs> hey, how about Jesse Clay the third man? He's he's been posting a lot. He's commenting a lot. Yep. He's definitely a strong supporter of his opinions. Um, some of my guru, some of them I don't, but uh, I appreciate that dude. Purcell Smith as always. Um, well, Andre Shorter, you know, he's always on there with his thoughts and opinions too. Respect. When he's not in Facebook jail, respect to Andre. <laughs> yeah, he, he yeah. Dre does get locked. Dre does get locked up a bunch, man. <laughs> he's, Ellie, I don't know if Ellie. I don't know if Ellie knows, but Dre Dre is a Redskins addicts OG. He's like is Fred. He? he like he's just been around forever. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. I did not know. Yep. That. And Marcus Davis too, man. He's been out here too, putting in work. So shout out to everybody. And shout out to the group for not making us, uh, I guess, get noticed by Facebook. I get like new admin notifications telling us it's like we're putting out fake news and all this other shit. So shout out to anyone for not sharing fake news. Like Redskins are a good team. Like I appreciate that. <laughs> makes me makes yo, me feel really yo. good. You know, hey, hey, actually, that goes that goes <laughs> back to that goes back to the blockhead. The blockhead is the only one who's ever gotten us flagged by Facebook. This is true. Yeah, Steve Kelly, I did uh did get a notification because you, I don't know what the hell you said. It was funny though. It, it made me laugh. It made me laugh. Yeah, because especially because I said a lot worse to him and I didn't get flagged. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey Zuckerberg, the checks checks in the mail. <laughs> there you go. But fellas, it's uh it's a two and seven season. You know, pod thirty-four is wrapping up. Uh we kind of we gave our piece of where we expect this team to go, where we would like to see them go. Uh so uh it's been a pleasure. We will wrap it up and go go see if Kirk Cousins is going to uh improve to Owen ten on Monday night football or if he's gonna get a win. I don't know the score of the Bears Vikings game right now, Ooh. but uh see how our former quarterback is faring. So uh Hail to the football team, and I'll see you guys on Thursday. Peace. Hail.